Hello, and welcome to the first episode of Go Route Throwdown, where we talk about everything basketball and football. In the first ever episode, we have decided to focus on none other than basketball. Uh, and the main focus that we are going to try and go through today is offense in the NBA. With the ever-changing format of offense in the NBA, with more uh, floppies, more pick-and-roll offense, more just more screens, basically, trying to get people open because defense is also evolving. Um, with more of that, offense has changed more than it has in any span of 10 or less years. With Stephen Curry being the greatest shooter of all time and in his reign changing the entire ideology behind basketball scoring, as well as people like Giannis Antetokounmpo and LeBron James being freaks of nature, being able to get to the rim whenever they want, our idea of offense is kind of skewed. Um, so today, I'm going to try and figure out who some of, if not the best offensive players we have in the league right now are. And this is going just from where the season is right now. I'm recording this um, on the 27th of February. So if something crazy happens on the 27th of February, I didn't look at that. Um, but let's get right into it. So we're going to talk about four main topics. It's going to be assists, um, which has multiple categories. Points, which just has the one. Efficiency slash productivity, which has two categories. And impact. And I was going to do usage rate. But usage rate kind of goes into um, impact and uh, player efficiency rating kind of like knocks it out as a better statistic just in general. For those of you who don't know, player efficiency rating uh, is per minute based and uh, pace adjusted to find out the productivity of a player's possession. And for impact, we have player impact, um, I'm sorry, player impact estimate which gauges contribution through total statistics. So those two statistics really have like a formula that the creators of the statistic made that goes through a computer and they're like, okay, so they have these stats. This is going to be their pi. This is going to be their per. Moving on, let's go to assists. Assists is a crazy underlooked statistic. What a lot of people don't understand is that the greatest players in the game today are rotational players. And I don't mean like role players. I don't mean anything like that. I mean in rotation, offense, defense, they can read the court. I mean, think about players like Nikola Jokic, LeBron James. They either have been playing the game so long or are so good at the game or both to where they can read both sides of the court. Now, Jokic may not be as good in rotation due to his size and honestly sheer lack of defensive like talent, but people like LeBron James, he knows exactly where the offense is going because he's ran every offensive play and he has he has such a amazing basketball mind that he can read what the next move is going to be and act accordingly. And on top of that, the ability to read those around you on your team is even more complex. If you are LeBron and Anthony Davis is in the paint, you're running a 2-3 zone, and Anthony Davis moves to the weak side of the court, then LeBron is probably going to have to go cover the loaded side because Anthony Davis is leaving his post. LeBron might have to drop down, and he can read that like crazy. So that kind of rotation is what either makes a lot of people, sorry, not makes, holds a lot of players back or, like, punches them forward. So... On the topic of assists, 
The first statistic we're going to look at is assists per game. Um, this can be a little iffy because, like, depending on the teammates, depending on uh, the roster in general, depending on the coach and the play style that it warrants, it can get a little clouded. So, like, number one is James Harden with 10.7 assists per game which is incredible, don't get me wrong, but Halliburton is doing the same thing on a much worse team. Halliburton is creating in such a way that it makes his team better and makes them able to make shots, and Harden is doing that just to a lesser degree because, like, Embiid, Embiid is just going to score. So if James Harden is passing it to Embiid, Embiid's going to get the bucket, James Harden's going to get the assist. So Harden doesn't have to read the rotation as much, not saying he's worse at it, it's just he has a lot easier of a job than Halliburton. That's something that I really respect Halliburton about. He's not the most flashy passer, sometimes he is, I will admit, but he's not the most flashy passer, he gets the job done. He will go out, he will give you 11 assists, and he will come out with like 14 points, like old Ben Simmons triple doubles type stuff, just minus the rebounds and add in like the same defense, um, and a better shooter by, by like literally miles. But Tyrese Halliburton, crazy, crazy good passer, crazy good playmaker, can dribble the ball insanely well. His length adds him uh, on the versat versatile side of offense and defense with him being able to get to the rim a little easier, being able to slither around, and then on defense, obviously those long arms help him a butt ton. Next, we have Trey Young, 10.2 assists per game. He has been in the top three, I think, since he's joined the league, which is crazy. But, like, if you look at a lot of his um, assists, they're typically not three balls, which, as you'll see if you watch NBA games regularly, you'll see a lot of, sh like, passes to the corner, passes to the top of the key, passes to the wing to try and get that extra point to try and catch them off guard in rotation because they tend to leak down into the paint. But what Trey Young does is he will go in with an unstoppable floater or a hesitation move on the perimeter, and then he will go in with another guy going in front of him, and he will just lob it up. And the Hawks have built a team around him in such a way that he is able to do that with people like Clint Capella, John Collins, allowing him to kind of just throw it up and know it's going in. Um, I'm not like saying that's a bad thing or a bad way to do that. It works for their offense most of the time. It's just kind of limiting. For Trey Young, he is a good passer. He does have really good court vision, I will admit that. He can get it where it needs to go. However, I think that the scheme that the coaches was putting on him, I know, um, I forget his name, he got fired, the Hawks coach, and Quinn Snyder just got hired. I think Quinn Snyder is going to help him a lot on that front. I think Quinn Snyder's schemes on the Jazz are going to apply really well to the young Hawks team that are more about rim running and moving the ball around. Next, we have Jokic at 10 even. Jokic is insane. Jokic is a beast. He's a seven-footer with the skills of a prime point guard. Something we'll get to later, but he has a three-point percentage of 39.8. That is the target. If you round it up, that is the target 40%. That is crazy to think about for a seven-footer, 39.8%. Um, the next statistic we're going into is assist-to-turnover ratio, and he has the fourth uh, highest, I believe? No, third, third highest. He's tied for third highest with James Harden, sorry. Uh, and Jokic has a 3.82 assist-to-turnover ratio, which is crazy. 
The thing with Jokic is he makes his team better because his passes make them open. He kind of like a quarterback in football. You know how they throw a pass to the receiver, but they lead it a little bit one way or the other way to get it just in the arms of the receiver without getting it in the arms of the defensive back. Same thing. Jokic will do those under his leg passes. Jokic will do those behind the back passes because no one is expecting it. He's tall enough to just lift his hand up with the ball, flick his wrist, and then boom, it's there. I really wish we had a statistic for make percentage after a pass, like a a pass to an open shot make percentage. It would be really difficult to gather, so I understand why I haven't seen that, or I at least haven't heard of it. But Jokic would easily be at the top of that, because Jokic doesn't just pass the ball to who he thinks is open. Jokic passes the ball to someone who he makes open or who is open. Jokic doesn't do useless ball rotation. That's the thing. That's the thing that makes Jokic so different than everyone else. And I've seen glimpses of this in Luka and Garland, and CP3 has been doing it pretty much his whole career. There's always a purpose. There's always a purpose behind, goodness, excuse me. There's always a purpose behind every pass. And so with Jokic and the build he has and his ability to read the court, he is easily in my eyes, the greatest passer of all time. Magic Johnson is a very, very, very close second, but I have to go with creativity, pure, raw, like, build, and then also reading the court, Jokic, not just with assists, but also in scoring, he can read the court, see what needs to happen, see what they need to do to make sure they get the outcome with the most popular points. Like, think about a computer program. It optimizes itself for function, for functionality, to make sure it can be the best it can be. Jokic's mind plays the same way. Nikola Jokic focuses on the functionality of his game and how it can make the team better instead of focusing on himself. That's why I think Nikola Jokic is automatically a better basketball player than Joel Embiid. Joel Embiid is the better scorer. I will give you that 100 times out of 10, not the better offensive player. Not even close. And beat is the better defender. I will give you that 10 times out of 10. Jokic is not bad. He is average. A lot of people fail to realize that blocks isn't the only metric for big men that shows true like defensive capabilities. For defense, since the stats are so limited, you typically have to watch the game. But other than that, you really kind of just have to... Look at, like, opponent field goal percentage is a big one. Um, Net defensive rating. And Jokic, like, isn't bad. He's, I think, average at every one of those statistics or around average. And people like to give him a terrible rep. And the reason he's not getting those blocks is because he's rotating onto the perimeter. He doesn't get steals, but I think him and Luka are leading the league in deflections. Maybe Kyrie. I can see Garland for sure. Um... But I believe Jokic's rotation allows for him to not have to get those blocks, not have to get those steals, because he cuts off other options. He's so big, he can kind of just block the way. And he still is a paint presence, even even if he's not a blocking machine like Embiid. Jokic can still be there. <laughs> like He's still a big guy who can read where the guy is going to go and get in front of him. Next, we have CP3 at 8.9 assists per game. fact that this man is doing this this late into his career on the decline is insane. That is that is an absurd, absurd, absurd thing to think about. CP3 was in Lob City, what, 
five, six years ago, maybe longer. Uh, CP3 has 8.9 assists per game. In Lob City, he around averaged that. I understand that the game is a lot different and it's a lot more offense-oriented, but he's still a great defender. He is a phenomenal passer, very creative with the ball, uh, great dribbler, great playmaker. I think he gets a lot of hate because of his flops, and while that is warranted, I think it tends to draw attention away from how good this guy really is and really was. Now, assist-to-turnover ratio from the top uh, like 10-ish in assists per game. We had CP3 at number one with 4.31. For those of you who don't know, assist-to-turnover ratio means whatever this number is, is how many assists happen for every turnover. So for every turnover on average that Chris Paul gets, he will get 4.3 assists. Tyrese Halliburton coming in close behind with four even. Tyrese Halliburton has Four assists for every turnover. And isn't this, uh, this is either his second or third year. Like, that is insane. I think it was Davion Mitchell last year. So I think Tyrese's third year. Um, but Halliburton is insane. He's an amazing defender. He's an amazing playmaker. He's obviously a good shooter. I think it's pretty crazy the disrespect he gets just because of the team he's on. James Harden comes in third, or no, Jokic comes in third with 3.82, which is so so incredible we've already talked enough about him let's move on and then fourth is going to be james harden with 3.12 found this a little shocking not gonna lie i kind of thought he would be like part of the 2.8 club maybe a little less uh just knowing his rockets experience but then i look back and harden on the rockets it was a lot of forced passes because he was getting double triple teamed all that stuff and now he's on the Sixers where he's not the primary scorer. He is the primary facilitator, but he's not the primary scorer. So having that kind of versatility in his offense is allowing him to have less turnovers and be a more versatile player. Now, this uh, fifth one wasn't in our top five. He was actually ninth out of 10 in assists per game. And that is Darius Garland, 2.72. It's a steep, steep drop from 2.12. But it is still a really, really, really good like place to be, especially for the way Darius Garland plays and who he is and the team he is around. Like Darius Garland and Donovan Mitchell are going to be handling the ball and they're going to do an amazing job at it. They are going to lead to points, whether it's driving to the rim, shooting from the logo, no matter what it is, they're going to get it done. Next, let's move on to points. Joel Embiid is actually tied with Luka Doncic. I think that is, like, really crazy to think about. Luka has been in this state of, like, constant improvement, constant showing his worth. And then we look at people like Embiid, who have who has been the leading scorer in the league, I think, the past two seasons, not including this one, maybe two including this one. It's one of those. And then Luka is tied with him. He was leading the league for a while, and then Embiid got better games. Luka got injured, that kind of stuff. So we have Embiid, a phenomenal post scorer. I would say decent uh, three-point shooter. He has, hold on, let me check this real quick. It's rough. His his three-point percentage is rough. Let's just say that. Um, Wait, I think he has like a 35 three-point percentage. I could be wrong. Fact check me on that. Um. But Embiid is like a, a good, not great three-point shooter. Luka is god-awful. He is a horrendous three-point shooter. I believe it's 29 to 31%, somewhere in that range, which his average is like 29, 27%. 
So the fact that Luka is scoring at that high a volume with no threes, or not no threes, with making few threes, and Embiid is doing the same thing, kind of speaks about their game. Luka's a guard. He is very creative, very creative. A lot of the reason Luka can score the way he can is because he's bigger than a lot of the guards. He can back them down, and then he's also faster than the big man. Embiid is just big. He gets big down there. Uh, pause. <laughs> but Luka, Luka's very creative. He's, his passing draws a lot of attention. But I've got to say, Embiid with the dominance he's had is a better, he has better point output. Let's put it that way. Third, we have Damian Lillard. He has had some insane games. I think I saw the statistic. It was he, in his last 12 games, seven of his games have been below 40 points. That is crazy. And those ones, I think it was two have been below 30. And of those ones, I think it was five that have been below like 38. It was crazy. Like, Dane has been popping off recently, mostly because he's had to. His team isn't giving him a lot to work with, but they're they're improving. They really need another big piece, in my opinion, but we'll get to that another day. Uh, fourth, we have Giannis Antetokounmpo, 31.3. Giannis is the most dominant player we have seen since Shaq. I know LeBron exists. I know Steph exists. I know KD exists. If we are talking pure dominance, not like scoring, not shooting, none of that. Pure dominance, Giannis is unstoppable in the paint. I know y'all are like, he gets blocked, he misses shots. If you are in a one-on-one -on -one with Giannis, he's going to Eurostep either around you or through you. What are you doing about it? And nine times out of 10, he's making that. That's the real threat with Giannis. And his efficiency could, could be a lot better. But he's having to kind of take these crazy contested shots because he's so athletic and because everyone knows he's going to go to the paint now fifth is actually without a doubt most improved player no question in my mind Shea Gilgis Alexander 31 points per game he is leading the OKC to a not worst record which is not what we expected I think hold on we're gonna do a little a little live fact checking for you guys I believe they're in the bottom three in their conference in the west uh yes they are the third worst and they are at 46.7 percent win rate which is like pretty bad <laughs> but we'll i mean with chet holmgren i believe that team changes drastically if chet holmgren doesn't get injured i believe that team defensively does a lot better which is a large large part of their problem with people like josh giddy role playing for you you don't have much of a problem on offense, especially with Shea leading the way scoring. Um, you don't have much of a problem on offense, but defensively, especially in the paint, they just don't really know what to do. They're kind of scrambling at this point because they just traded Mike Muscala because they know Shet is going to be there for them, but they do need another rotation piece. Now let's move on to efficiency and productivity. So we are going to start off with the percentages. We got field goal percentage, three-point percentage, and free throw percentage. Nikola Jokic, in my opinion, no, not in my opinion, the most efficient scorer in NBA history, has 63.3% field goal percentage. Let that sink in for a second. Let that sink in. The target for players is 50. Yes, I get he's a center. So move that up to like 55 57 because he shoots threes. He doesn't, he doesn't stay away from the perimeter. He shoots. He doesn't just dunk. He is 
at 63.3. That is a good six above the 57 mark that we just set. His three-point percentage is 39.8. That rounds up to the 40, the 40 mark that we're trying to hit. And the reason we try to hit that 40 mark is because it's slightly above the league average because everyone's kind of getting to that now. But Jokic is typically only taking wide-open shots, spot-ups, stuff like that. So it's a little skewed. But then we look at his free-throw percentage, 82.4. For a big man, that is incredible. And I, there's another big man on this top five that I truly believe or truly thought had like a 69, 73% free throw percentage who just did not. We'll get there. He's the third. Zion Williamson, 60.8 field goal percentage. That is insane. And what, what surprised me even more, he hits that mark of a 36.8, which for a big man is great. That's a 36.8 three-point percentage, which is nuts when you think about it because he's taken three, four threes a game. Same with Jokic. Yes, they're mostly spot up, but occasionally he will. Like Zion is athletic enough to roll create some space mostly by like striking the fear of god in them um he has a okay to bad 71.4 free throw percentage but for everything else he's doing i'm fine with it if he could hit a couple more i'd appreciate it but you know now anthony davis 56.4 percent from field 24.1 percent from three-point line that is absolutely abysmal that is so terrible that is so that is just that is not what you want to see now what did surprise me is this free throw percentage it was 81.3 how are you shooting that bad from the three-point line when like half the reason you had so much stock value going from the Pels to the lakers was like your somewhat decent shooting capabilities he was averaging i think 33 percent that year and then he was i mean he was also scoring like 35 a game but <laughs> still uh, 81.3 is kind of crazy, don't you think? Because like him, Westbrook, the whole memes about them and about how terrible their shooting is. Seeing that and going through that, I just wasn't expecting it. Next is Kevin Durant, one of the greatest scorers of all time. Maybe not in numbers, but in the shots he takes and how he takes them. Kevin Durant, 55.9% from the field. With the shots he takes and the pure volume that he takes especially with the amount of threes he takes that is insane 37.6 three-point percentage 37.6 that is really good that's really good i'm not gonna lie to you but it doesn't meet our mark and the reason i say it doesn't meet our mark a lot of y'all are gonna like hate hate on me for this a lot of the reason he does it doesn't meet our mark is simply because he's getting double teamed every time he's so freaking good at shooting from beyond the arc and people know that so they double team him that's why his three-point percentage is a little lower so if we adjusted that it would probably be around 41 42 percent um, and on open threes i would think it would be higher and this this part is crazy because someone noted this in the mavs game against the nets at the beginning of the year but it is kevin durant is shooting 93 0.4% from the line. That is pretty crazy to think about, don't you think? Like 93.4, you don't see that very often, especially like in today's NBA. 93.4, you typically see that with guards, and Katie is like, nah, bro, I got you. <laughs> it's kind of crazy. And then fifth, we couldn't leave his name off. Giannis Antetokounmpo, 53.8% from the field. You really need that to be better. 
he has not been near as efficient this year as he has like the past two years or his MVP season. Uh, 27% from three, not unusual for Giannis. He started the year off okay, and then he got real bad. Um, but then his free throw percentage is where it like truly starts to lack. It's around, hold on, let me make sure I'm reading this right, 64.6, 64.6% from the free throw line with the amount of free throws he shoots is pretty abysmal. All right, our last efficiency slash productivity metric is player efficiency rating, which like I said, is a per minute and pace adjusted metric that kind of goes like per possession, how productive are you going to be with the ball? Is it going to lead to points? Is it going to lead to just, is it going to lead to a productive possession? So typically it means points, ball movement, stuff like that. So Nikola Jokic is number one at 32.1. I don't know if y'all know this, but the highest per rating average for a season is 32.8. I bet you will never even guess who has it. It is none other than Nikola Jokic, 32.8. And then Wilt Chamberlain, and then this current Jokic season. He's the third highest all time, and he's not even done with the season. Embiid is 30.6, which is still really, really good. Anything 30 plus is like really, really good. Embiid is going to be productive with it. Luka, 30. I low-key expected it to be like a little higher, but then I thought about the turnovers, and it just didn't look great Like when I looked at that. He he tends to have a good bit of turnovers simply from like not caring. Like He'll get mad at himself, and he'll kind of lose focus of what's going on. That's something I really don't like about Luka is his mentality. He thinks he deserves everything instead of having to work for it yes he is amazing yes he's a phenomenal basketball player yes he's an amazing human being i just think his mentality could be a little more killer and that would bring him a lot further fourth we have Giannis Antetokounmpo at 28.4 and fifth we have Anthony Davis at 28.4 see normally i would say they're tied but knowing Anthony Davis no he had two phenomenal games he had a lot of good games. He had some really bad games. Giannis has been consistent. That's why I'm saying that. And then impact, player impact rating, or player impact um, estimate. Excuse me. Player impact estimate. It gauges contribution through total statistics like we talked about. It's an algorithm that they put it through. But Nikola Jokic at 21.5 for his impact and I mean just think about his impact on the team makes everyone on offense better is a great leader doesn't talk to the refs like that is always talking to his coach and to his team to try and make sure he's doing the right thing for everyone he's just an amazing teammate an amazing basketball player and then we have Joel Embiid 21.2 like I said he's so freaking good at getting to the basket it's it's a thing it's a thing and his, his rim protection it's some of the best I've ever seen for a man his size. Nate Claxton is doing an amazing job, but he's a lot slimmer. And we all know those slimmer builds give you a huge advantage on the defensive end of the ball, whether it's rim protection or paint protect, or sorry, excuse me, rim protection or perimeter protection. And then we have Luka Doncic, 0.1 point less with uh, 21.1, which like we all know, Luka, his usage rate is through the roof. He leads the team in assists, leads the team in points, leads the team in rebounds, I believe. Maybe C. Wood has gotten that. Then we have Giannis, uh, who's at 20.4, which I'm surprised with. He's like, yeah, he has a good team. Yeah, he's been injured quite a bit. But I think when he's on the court, he's really impactful. His playmaking could be better, but on both ends of the court, scoring and um, scoring and defense, 
he blows everyone else on this list out of the water. Giannis is a better rim protector than Embiid. Giannis is a better perimeter defender than anyone on this list, I believe. Maybe like, nope, better than everyone on this list. Halliburton is getting there, but I don't think he's gotten there yet. And then we have like AD, who's like third on the perimeter and is like tied for second with Embiid on rim protection, in my opinion. Anyways, after Giannis goes Anthony Davis, uh, AD 19. It's a pretty steep drop from the top, but I mean, his impact is insane on that Lakers team or was insane before he went back to old street clothes, like Charles Barkley loves to say. <laughs> so all in all, we look at these statistics, we see one name in every single like top five, and, and that's Nikola Jokic. I hyped him up, except for points, except for points, but he's so efficient, and he he's so good at passing the ball and rotating the ball and reading the court that he doesn't have to score high points in order for him to win. He's very efficient in what he does, not just in his scoring, but in other people's scoring, other teammates scoring, and trying to make them better in the game and in the long run. So with that, I'm going to end this off with saying Nikola Jokic, the greatest offensive player since he's joined the league, and in my opinion, maybe the greatest offensive player of all time. Not the most dominant, not the best scorer, but offensive player, maybe. I don't know. That's my opinion. Thank you guys so much for listening. This has been Go Route Throwdown. We will see you guys next time. Bye.